0: Hi, this is Matt Kemple, co
1: owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival.
0: It seems you guys really like that last set. Let's see if we can keep the
1: applause going and get the guys and their guests to give us a part two to the interview. I think they're coming out. Here they are. Show them your love, people. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast.
2: We now rejoin our interview with Mayor Dennis McBride, already in progress. I think it's unfortunate that we just have a two-party system.
1: That was another thing I wrote yeah, down. Right. Should mm-hmm. we do things to encourage more parties? The parties, you know, the Republicans and Democrats really got a, a stranglehold on yeah. the situation. And yep. I, I don't think that the way things are set up that a third party would be allowed to happen to any significant extent
2: but they are, except they always damage whatever side they're leaning right. towards because they're right. taking away votes from that side. Right. Basically. I always argue against that a
1: little bit in the sense that people say, well, they would have voted for X candidate if they – maybe they just wouldn't have gone to the polls. Maybe they were so invigorated to vote for this third-party guy that they just voted for that man well, or woman. Well,
0: now there are states that have ranked choice voting too. Mm-hmm. So you vote for two people. Right. So you vote for Chris, it's mm-hmm. my number one guy, but I there like Jim too, so I'm going to put him down as number two. I was number one, yeah. And Tell us how it <laughs> is. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> got to throw him because he's very yeah. sensitive. I know, I know. You know, yeah. I'm with you. And you know, so then that's how Lisa Murkowski got reelected uh, mm-hmm. to the Senate in Alaska because they have ranked choice voting.
1: Right. I've heard, you know, and this is a bad word, uh, you know, negative connotation, but I've heard where you know that can be gamed, right? You know, it's just like in yeah. primaries, people will will vote for somebody they don't want, right? right. Uh, in Wisconsin, we have an open primary, right? right. And so back when uh, Obama was running, for example, uh, a bunch of people that didn't necessarily like Hillary voted for Hillary, you know, just to throw a wrench in the works, right? Right, right, right.
2: But then you can't vote in the other, right? Like, Because right. Assuming, I'm assuming those would be Republicans, right?
1: Right, and the, in, in that circumstance, maybe the guy that, was going to be chosen anyway, they were going to vote for anyway. So they thought, well, I'm going to vote in the opposite primary just to have a voice.
0: There are always Mm -hmm. games. I remember when, uh, for many, many years, Robert Zimmerman was the state treasurer of Wisconsin. Bob
1: Dylan was (laughs) the state
0: treasurer. (laughs) Fred Zimmerman, his father, was the state treasurer, and then Robert became, the, the son became the state treasurer, and he was a Democrat, and he had been in there forever, and his father had been in there forever before that. And so I don't know if the Democrat was Robert C. Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. the Republicans came up with Robert J. Zimmerman, oh, okay. <laughs> and they ran Robert J. against Robert C, hoping that <laughs> right, somehow right, they would yeah. vote for it didn't work, but yeah, you know, yeah. My father always said, "My father, the reporter, you can't take politics out of politics." Yeah. You (laughs) You said, uh,
1: don't blame the player, blame the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: people are always going to figure out some tricks to get around some things. But the question is, what's the best of the bad choices, right? Do you think
1: that this country would be better off if there are more than two parties,
0: significant parties? Possibly, you know, I was getting pretty enamored of that uh, within the last ten years, but then I start to look at what's going on in the United Kingdom and some places like that, and it's yeah. not working out so great either. They always so, have yeah. the
1: coalition, right? They got to you know loop together two of these, three of these groups. Some places like Italy or something have right. fifteen groups, in the go. Well,
0: Italy is. It, uh, for a while, for about 40 years, they averaged one new government a year because the coalition would fall apart. Right. And oh. Then they'd have to have another election and all that. Yeah. So that was very unstable. Other places like the United Kingdom are more stable. France is more Ger- stable. Germany's more. got a bunch of parties too. Right? Germany's got mm-hmm. parties. Ireland's got parties. And all. So it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. The, the one problem with that is they don't have direct election of prime ministers so
1: it's kind of like that senate thing that i talked about
0: yeah so you know in france and in ireland they vote for the head of state they vote for the president because they don't have a king or a queen mm-hmm. in the united kingdom the head of state is now the, the king uh, so you can vote for the president but the president is just the guy who cuts the ribbons he's the mm. like the, the queen always did in england she goes around to the shopping centers and cuts the ribbons. right uh that's not a Head uh, of state, the way we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the prime minister gets elected by the parties who are in power or through the coalition. Right. So, you know, again, there are pluses and minuses to that. Yeah. Right. And the other mm-hmm. thing is, in the United Kingdom, they went through three, the Tory party, mm-hmm. conservatives went through three prime ministers in rapid succession. Right. Boris Johnson was a fool, and then mm-hmm. they brought in Liz Truss, and she lasted about three weeks. Remember, they had the head of <laughs> lettuce that was. Mm-hmm. fresher than Liz Truss and now they have Rishi Sunak so our system provides for more stability people who don't want stability at a certain time if they wanted for example to get rid of Donald Trump or before that Barack Obama or something they would like a little instability other Mm -hmm. people want to keep whoever they've got they like the stability right
1: Right. you know a lot of people will say "When their party but yeah. They prefer is out of power, they prefer gridlock, right? Right. You know, people say, nothing's getting done. Well, people are saying, well, thank God nothing's getting done. Right. Or vice versa, they say, they won't let my guy get anything done. And they're saying, well, that's on purpose, right? That goes yeah.
0: back to gerrymandering. If we had people who had to go to the middle more, we would get more things done.
1: Right. And they might have to be more to the middle if. Their districts were competitive.
0: Exactly. Yep. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're if you a Democrat and you've only got a 53-47 split, you'd darn well better appeal to some of those Republicans because they could swing on you, right?
1: Yeah. So many safe seats out there in the House. The turnover every election is, what, 4%, 5%, 6 8%, whatever. And we
0: have real extremists in the two parties right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. it's, really, uh, it's really bad. For it's kind of like the X Games. Say. Yeah. They're extreme. Yeah. They're yeah. Ex-
1: yeah. Extreme <laughs> government. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how about this? Uh, We're doing a podcast here. A lot of people have migrated to podcasts and they're listening Habitus because they like long-form discussions. Right? Do we need debates? Uh, A debate's useless at this point.
0: Well, I think they're somewhat useful. What we saw, though, in the last two sets of presidential debates is that one of the candidates refused to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. So we talked over the people, and he would walk around the stage and try to intimidate his opponent and all that. That's We shouldn't have debates if somebody's going to behave like Mm -hmm. that. People have to follow the rules. Okay, that
1: notwithstanding, you know, the the rogue person. Do we really learn much from these debates?
0: Uh, uh, Yes and no. I I think there's some value to it, but it's a lot more limited than we think. Mm -hmm. You know, in 1960, those were the first presidential debates televised, and what we learned was Jack Kennedy was a lot more photogenic than... Mm -hmm then richard nixon right allegedly people listen on the radio thought nixon won and right. people watch tv like kennedy and all that um our last podcast everybody thought i won they thought i beat you and yeah. Uh, yeah. jim uh,
1: nope. jim won the one jim, before that jim <laughs> you've won. yet to win sometimes, one in the eyes of our that, yeah. audience <laughs> that's right
0: yeah so sometimes it's it's a show and yeah. sometimes it isn't uh If we had a situation like Mitch McConnell, if he were running for president and he he had a stroke in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. that would tell us something. If Joe Biden or Donald Trump uh, can't handle it, Mm -hmm. we do want our presidents to be quick thinkers and Mm -hmm. able to handle things because... I can tell you, even as mayor, there are times when I've got to be very nimble mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times, you can reflect more and all that. So I'm of two minds about the debates, too. It, I think they're a permanent uh, fixture. So the question is, what can we do to make them work the best for us? And
1: have your, Jim, have you listened to – now, there's no election right now, but have you ever listened to a long-form interview with a candidate? Probably not. Yeah.
2: The purpose of these debates may have shifted, right we with the internet now we 've got all the information we would possibly need on these candidates. We know where they stand we see we hear sound bites from them every day about everything right. Right. Uh, they're tweeting this and they're doing that and whatever so we we know everything about these guys however
1: i i I, I disagree, but go ahead i don 't know why Okay, yeah, let's The internet hear it. Let's does hear it. exist. it does exist, but you you just said tweets and and sound bites people got that, but but are people listening to these people flesh out their ideas in a long format? Well, I, th- I don't know if they I are. I think.
2: Well, they can. If, they if can. somebody says something, where I go, what are they talking about? Right. What's the context of this? But this aspect of uh, thinking under pressure, thinking on your feet, I think is, yeah. is is an important thing I hadn't considered before. That you know, that's and and also, what does it say about somebody who's going to walk around a stage, intimidating people, cutting people off, not wanting to. to conform to these rules and, and you right. know I mean it, it could, be, could be one way or the other you might like that you might hate that you right. know, but it tells you something they're taking charge right, right? exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. so
0: if we go back to the famous Lincoln-Douglas debates that I mentioned earlier those were multiple hours of two guys who were very smart mm-hmm. uh, debating all of the issues that was before there was television and radio before mm-hmm. there was a phonograph and all this was entertainment but it was also I think meaningful Because you had hour after hour after hour of listening to these people, explaining what they had in mind. So I agree with you that it would be great if we had a long form of debate or something that we could watch. But, um, you know, people don't have attention spans like that anymore, for one thing. We're all too used to uh, TikTok videos Mm -hmm. and Instagram and the latest short story on our cell phone and all that, too. So that's part of the problem. But it's not... uh, not something that television networks would like either to go for three hours or something. Right, really. yeah. right, it's not, right. And,
1: yeah. But things are getting away from network yeah. television, right? I mean, yeah. uh, linear yep. network television days could be numbered,
0: right? So CNN is going through a number of long-form interviews with the Republican candidates right mm-hmm. now, much yeah. criticized in the case of Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But it could be set up in a way that uh, was useful. Right, it wouldn't be a, a competition, but it, w- you know, a good interviewer with good questions and a respectful interviewee, it could right. be, it could be helpful. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Now, the last topic before Jim's got a local topic, and we're going to talk small about it here. Uh, the yep. Small local mm-hmm. topic. The last uh, national topic I want to talk about is, I'm not sure the name of this act, the Freedom of Information Act, whatever it is. After a certain number of years, I think the number of years is 50. Right. Things need to be de- declassified. Right. And they, uh, specifically, I'll talk about the Kennedy assassination. A lot of those documents started to age to the point where they were supposed to be declassified. Right. And uh, presidents, both uh, maybe Obama, but certainly Trump and uh, Biden, have withheld some of this information because it's, quote-unquote, too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea? I'm going to throw out there that, Come hell or high water at 50 years, it's time to release this stuff. And the idea that a paternalistic or maternalistic or or some overlord knows better than you that we can't give you this sensitive information because it might be too sensitive. Uh, at 50 years, there's got to be some point at which you've got to release this information. I do think that the reason it hasn't been released is because it's not about people because they're all dead, right? All these people are dead. It's not going to hurt anybody political chances or anything like that. It's about institutions, more specifically agencies, whether it be the FBI or the CIA or, or the Defense Department or whatever, that they're trying to protect their skin and they come up to the President and say, hey, let's not do this yet. Yep. And I think that's a bad thing. I think it's. I think we don't have to have some overlord telling the people that we can't have this information. I think there's got to be a, a limit and it's got to be
0: released. So the first thing you need to know is that When I worked at the Milwaukee office of the Equal Employment Opportunity, I was the FOIA officer. Mm -hmm. I reviewed all of the files that people requested. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very familiar with FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, There are other statutes, those national security things that enter into that, and I'm not an expert on that. But there were times when we would withhold some information because the statute said certain things like social security numbers are an easy example we wouldn't we if there was a document with a social security number we would redact the we'd black it out what
1: if the person is dead
0: uh uh, i think you'd still probably have some privacy issues that way but minimal when it comes to kennedy this is very interesting as well because my brother joe my oldest brother has written about 25 and published 25 books
1: he was he a guest here No. No. You had a different brother.
0: Uh, Brother Pat. That was my twin brother. Mm -hmm. I've got Mm -hmm. five brothers. But this one lives in Berkeley, and he teaches at San Francisco State. He's Mm -hmm. a professor of film. Mm -hmm. Uh, And most of his books have been about uh, directors, Mm -hmm. uh, highly regarded books. But he wrote one, which he self-published, called Into the Nightmare. And it's a thick book, several inches thick. And it's all about all the different conspiracy theories about the Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. And my brother Joe is deeply into the whole Kennedy assassination Mm -hmm. thing. And he thinks that somebody was engaged in a conspiracy. And there are, again, many of them out there. Uh, And almost every day on Facebook, I see something where he's saying, well, yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm proud of it, basically. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem with not releasing these documents after 50 or 60 years is mm-hmm. that people like my brother, I think, deserve to have some skepticism. Mm-hmm. Why can't mm-hmm. I see the documents? Right. Mm-hmm. The latest sure. trove that they released, and apparently they re- released a lot, uh, apparently didn't prove anything. It was just a bunch of stuff. It was a lot of documents. But they still withheld, as you said, a few You know, some small subset of documents. Mm -hmm. The the important stuff. The important stuff, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the question is why Mm -hmm. uh, all of it was supposed to have been released by now, unless there was some super-duper reason for it. Right. Uh, All I can speculate is that if people are acting in good faith, it's because there's some great national security purpose. However, Kennedy died in 1963. That was a long time ago. Right? Right? It was 60 years ago. So what national security purpose are we um, looking after at this point? Um, others would speculate, you know, as they have, well, Lyndon Johnson had Kennedy killed. Mm-hmm. And maybe if that's true, mm-hmm. let's just assume it is for the sake of argument, um, that could destroy the country because we found out that one vice president wanted to be president and he had... The president assassinated. That's a horrible thing. But we went through horrible things before. We went through Watergate. Now we're going through horrible things, too, where we have a former president who's been indicted three times on criminal charges. And according to a story I read in The New York Times t- uh, tonight, he's going to be indicted again next week. So uh, we've gone through a lot of horrible things. And the counterargument to that is if a vice president had a president killed, we should know that. Yeah, right. right. Mm -hmm. So, um, all of this secrecy, unfortunately, leads to conspiracy theories and speculation, and ultimately a lack of trust in our government, and that's the shame of it. So, they may have legitimate reasons for this. It's hard to imagine what they are Mm -hmm. 60 years after the fact. I mean, the Cold War has ended. Yes, we're, we're in a new Cold War with Vladimir Putin and all that, but I don't know. I mean, it's just... The Cuban Missile Crisis, that was 61 years ago. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I Like yeah. I said, as I said before, yeah. I think the reason is that agencies are going to look bad, and they don't want to look bad, right? Uh, they're going to look ineffectual. They're going to look uh, potentially treasonous or whatever.
0: Yeah, because uh, another speculation is that the CIA killed Kennedy. <laughs> because, or was involved in some way, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he... The Bay of Pigs was a uh, a big uh, debacle, and the CIA allegedly wanted to go back in and take out Castro. and Kennedy said no. Right. So, are we protecting the CIA? We need the CIA or something like it, but are we protecting that? Mm-hmm. There are times when the CIA has not been acting in mm-hmm. accordance with our democratic principles. And we, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, the the idea that there's that there's somebody that knows better than us after 50 years, it's offensive. You know, it's offensive to think that there's somebody sitting in some office saying the American people, you know, they're treating us like children at this point. They can't handle this. And uh, and like I said, I cannot imagine, as you said, the the security implications of this. Uh, So I think it's, I I think that it has to be a hard and fast rule because once they say, okay, there is this out, there's always going to be the most you said they released a trove. Well, I'll I argue they released the trove of the stuff that's not that important mm-hmm. right. and the stuff that's redacted to the stuff that's the mediest and they don't want to hear no I could be wrong, but like no. you said, trust has been the other
2: thing is yeah. it just might be the story that he you know, that it was Oswald and that's that's it, right? And like Well here's no an interesting
0: thing. thing. My my brother Joe right. uh, wrote a, uh, two articles in the Nation magazine back in the late nineteen eighties. And it was the result of his digging on the Kennedy stuff. And what he found out, that there was a guy named George Bush mm-hmm. who was being paid by the CIA. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this, but there were four presidents in Dallas the day that Kennedy got shot. Oh, yeah. who? Kennedy, mm-hmm. Lyndon Johnson, right. George Bush, later president, right. and Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. They are all there for different purposes. Why was <laughs> George Bush there? Well, George Bush at that point was just a businessman. Right. He was a he was the I think the head of the Republican Party in Texas. He was soon to run for Congress, and then um, he became uh, the head of the National Republican Party. His father was a U.S. Senator. Mm-hmm. He became Vice President and President. What was George Bush doing there? My brother found some documents through mm-hmm. the through FOIA that showed that. Uh, there was a George Bush who was in the employ of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Bush was running, I think, I think called uh, Zapata Petroleum at that point. Well, long story short, my brother inquired of the CIA, is this the George Bush who became the president? Oh, by the way, George Bush became the head of the CIA not right. too many years after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they, you know, there's a connection there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, that's another George Bush. We had a George Bush who was working for us. He was a lower-level guy. And my brother said, well, where is he? And they said, we don't know. My brother found him living three miles from Langley, Virginia, no. <laughs> the CIA headquarters. Right, right, right. So my brother found him. The CIA, with all of its horses and all its men, couldn't find a guy three miles away. Yeah. So my brother interviewed that George Bush, and he said, that wasn't me. I was in... I was posted in whatever, Hmm. nowhere near Dallas, Texas at that point. (laughs) So it was the guy who became the president. And my brother unpeeled some of this. So why is the CIA not being forthcoming on some of this stuff? I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. On the other hand, I know that conspiracies exist sometimes. I know that people sometimes are are up to no good, and they have reasons to uh, obfuscate. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, you don't have to be a conspiracy theory theorist yeah. to say something's wrong with this. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's just it's just on its face, uh, there's, there's something wrong with it. We you touched
0: this. on it earlier, which is you, I can't remember the words you used, but the point was we are, we are citizens, we're grown ups, mm-hmm. we're intelligent creatures. The, the theory of democracy mm-hmm. is well educated, intelligent, caring people should be able to handle all of the truth. And all of the news, mm-hmm. and we should be able to process it, and then uh, use that information to decide who should be representing us. Yeah. And yeah. we, if we don't have that information, we we can't be fully informed, right? Right. 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 I think if it was this, back to your theory, this
2: FBI thing, CIA. Thing, well, it's not ag- my theory, but it's a possibility potentially, yeah.
0: right? But
2: Bush or, uh, no, Trump kind of hated both of those. Right People, right? So if anybody had some dirt on them, yeah. if he it would be him, right? If it was going to do something to damage those guys, yeah. he would be the
1: guy.
0: Right, so, right. And and if, and yeah.
1: I've heard a theory that, that they said that they had dirt on him, so that oh. they say you better not release this, otherwise other stuff's okay. coming out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well
0: Jagger Hoover had dirt on yeah. all the presidents. That's right. how he manipulated them. There's another whole theory, which is that the mafia did it. And you right. remember mm-hmm. Jack Ruby was a mafioso from Chicago who mm-hmm. Just happened to be in Dallas and mm-hmm. right. uh, took out Lee Harvey Oswald because he was feeling patriotic and upset about killing the president. Sure. That doesn't sound it like doesn't add up. I'll yeah. say
1: this: I yeah. always used to believe the single shooter, single bullet theory. Right. Things have happened the last two, three, five years that make me yeah. think yeah, maybe your brother's right.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe there's something more to this. Mm-hmm. My uh, the dean of my law school. I'm wearing my NYU uh, shirt tonight. Dean of NYU Law School when I was there. Uh, worked for the Warren Commission, and he and uh, Arlen Specter, who became uh, senator from Pennsylvania, were the authors of the one man, one bullet theory. Yeah. oh really so I have connections to all these little weird wow. Kennedy things yeah
1: huh yeah now uh I'm assuming Nixon was in town because it was election season and he was yeah. campaigning I'm as trying
0: well. re- I'm trying to remember why he and was there.
1: Uh, yeah. uh you know Johnson you know it's it's weird when you have the president and the vice president at the same time me and Jim yeah. for example we can't fly in the same plane no you know, being co-hosts we, yeah. we
2: we only can spend the two hours in this room
0: right max then, you guys both have the formula to a coca-cola and yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah. yeah they took us both out no, I' can't, Johnson, presumably, was there because they needed him to kind of, in a way, vouch for Kennedy and Texas, his home state. And all. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, sure. all right. So that's that's the end of my uh, my overall politics, national politics. National politics. Right. Jim's got a question about uh, the, the... What was it? here. Well, there's a...
2: Uh, I was at the Tosa Night Out the other night and I ran into some guys at a booth and they talk, were talking about this Veterans Memorial that they're putting up, which I had never heard of heard about until I met these guys. So my sort of uh, reason for bringing it up is kind of twofold. One is to kind of <laughs> get the word out that you know they're they're selling these little bricks you can buy with, and you can put people's names on them with a little uh, other little writing, whatever certain number of words you get or whatever. Yeah, was, I,
0: I bought a know. brick, and I, my dad, who was a veteran, served in World War II. His name is going to be on the brick. And all oh, that. cool! So, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I mean, I thought I buy myself a brick, mm-hmm. you know, and put my name on it. But but it doesn't have to be Tosa Vets either. That was the thing. Right. It's like it's just a Veterans Memorial. It just happens to be in Wauwatosa. Where's yeah, it going to so be? Where's the location? Be.
0: Yeah, so it was going to be along the, the path in Hart Park uh, east of the footbridge that crosses Honey Creek. Okay. But uh, I learned the other day from the guys at the Veterans Memorial that uh, our landscape architect and park uh, people said, you know, that's going to be in the floodplain, and that could be a problem for you. So let's just move it across the road. So okay. it's going to be just west of the the skate park, skateboard park, Okay, along that path there. And I said, that's a better site because people are going to see it then. It's sure.
1: M- that m- other much place much is kind of darker, kind of. Darker. Yeah. I mean, people
0: do go by on their bikes and on foot and all that. But uh, near the skateboard park, a lot of okay. people are going to see that. Sure. And they'll yeah. drive by it. Right, right. Well.
2: Yeah, so, I mean. Um. Yeah, you can buy bricks. That's yeah. my to our listeners. You can buy bricks for veterans that you knew or know and whatever related to. But yeah. then also, uh, yeah, and maybe you just touched on it, but they were saying that they didn't really get into details. We were just talking in a little booth. But they said, you know, there's there's like one or two more little hurdles that they have to get over before the thing actually. But they wanted to break ground like I think right after Labor Day with mm-hmm. the hope that by next Veterans Day – Next November, it would kind of be a big opening right. ceremony. What
0: they uh, what they said was, they've raised. I'm trying to remember the percentage. A pretty hefty percentage. I think it was 75. percent I think it's around mm. that. They hope to break ground on Veterans Day this year, okay. and then have mm. it done sometime next year. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's moving along pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Good. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be a nice memorial. Yeah. 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 It looks. I saw
2: some of the drawings. Looks like it's going to be. Yeah, I would encourage
0: people if you have a veteran in the family to buy a brick. It's a good thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. my dad uh, never saw combat, but as Milton said, he also serves who only stands and waits. And he was in Central and South America protecting the Panama Canal from a possible German or Japanese attack. And all these are important roles. Sure. I have several uncles. Maybe if I get really motivated, I'll buy bricks from them but they served in the worst battles of the war battle Battle of the bulge Okinawa and other places yeah Yeah. so those you know it's nice to remember the sacrifices that those guys made we didn't lose any McBrides in World War II they all came back but some people lost yeah uh,
1: nobody took the canal it's still there it's still there Yeah. still there there you go
0: yep
1: not on my watch. Not on your watch. Well, we took the thing.
0: canal. You, uh, Panama was created, you might remember, from Colombia. Yep. Uh, S. Fomented I, a revolution during, in, in Panama. Right. H- S.I. Hayakawa, who was a senator from California, who was kind of a, a wit, mm-hmm. said, I think we ought to keep the canal. We stole it fair and square.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah we had to go a long way to, you know, like yeah. you said, foment a revolution. Of course, originally, was, not originally, but there was another plan to build it through. Nicaragua, right? Yeah. Using Lake yeah. Managua mm. and going that way, yeah. and they had the kind of two competing ones, and and uh, like you said, they they fomented this revolution, split yeah. it off from yeah uh, from Colombia. Well, uh, Mr. Mayor, we'd like to thank you for your annual visit. Thank you.
0: it went by pretty quickly. Yeah, despite all the haranguing about national politics, it yeah. worked out pretty it worked well. Out yeah. All right, yeah. I all hope right. I gave Oof. you some answers that. Uh, you found interesting anyway yeah like I said
1: obviously you don't want to talk politics too much or we don't want to talk politics too much but these more general ideas again the analogy being baseball yeah baseball MLB has been you know just dancing around the edges you know trimming off 10 seconds here and there with the intentional walk rule and things like Mm -hmm. that but finally they got down to business and they dropped the times by 20-30 minutes and maybe there's some of these issues that Americans have been dancing around the edges forever and maybe it's time to, you know, change some things so that things the work end. a little bit better. That's
0: right. Well, I love talking about baseball, and I love talking about politics. We so Combine the there two. You there you go. All right. right. Thanks okay. again, Mr. Mayor. You. Thank Thanks, you. Mr.
2: Mayor. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast for our Brewers Playoff Preview with our friend, Jeff Grayson.
0: You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch Podcast. Spread the word.